It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Adam Honig, co-founder and CEO of Spiro Technologies. You know, there's been this veritable explosion of tools and technologies which promise to transform the productivity of salespeople, but it seems like most of those are geared to management, you know, command and control tools like CRM systems and activity management systems, and now comes along this product called Spiro, which takes a completely different approach, and perhaps it's the start of a new revolution. It's an app that's targeted specifically at salespeople and promises to revolutionize the life and income of salespeople. Adam Honig, CEO of Spiro, is going to help us sort it all out. Adam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. So just take a minute, introduce yourself. Sure. So Adam Honig, uh, CEO and co-founder of Spiro Technologies here. You know, I've I've been a sales person, Andy. I've been a VP of sales. And, and before I started Spiro, I ran a CRM consulting company that worked with a lot of different salespeople and tried to get them to use Salesforce.com. <laughs> and so I, I know a lot about that uh, well, management desire to control salespeople. Well, I'm, I'm listening to you say, tried to get them to use Salesforce.com. Not you got them to use Salesforce, but you tried to get them to use Salesforce.com, which seems to be sort of the, the operative mode in most places, right? Well, you know, we did a, a project for a, a major, one of the largest medical equipment manufacturers in the U.S. And, you know, they they paid us about $250,000 to help them increase adoption of salesforce.com. And they were so happy that we were able to get adoption from like 50 to 65%. They were like, wow. And and by adoption, they just mean like guys logging in and doing things, you know? So it's like, oh my gosh, that's, uh, that's the world that we live in. I mean, Salesforce announced that they're on track to be an $8 billion company. And I think if you kind of, you know, for salespeople at any rate, you kind of did the matrix of, you know, products that you use versus products that you hate. I think a lot of us know where they would wind up on that matrix. Yeah, so where do CRM tools really fail salespeople? Well, you know, to, to be honest, it's, it's not really the fault of the CRM tools because, you, know, you know, I, I got my first experience with CRM was with uh, Siebel back mm-hmm. in the 90s. And, you know, meeting Tom Siebel and working with Tom and having a chance to understand his vision, it, it really wasn't about helping salespeople. It was about helping companies create a predictable method for forecasting revenue, which is a, a very valuable goal. You know, there's no doubt. Uh, but I think somewhere along the line, you know, it started to become the idea that this would really help salespeople too. And I think that's where, you know, we kind of lost our way a little bit with the whole CRM thing. And it became more about, you know, management control and visibility. And, you know, I, I would meet with VPs of sales, you know, and who were interested in implementing CRM technology. And I would say to them, well, how are you going to get the team to use CRM? And they would say, oh, it's going to be very easy. They would always say this to me. I'll just fire anybody who doesn't. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, good. I'm glad that's the attitude. And, you know, we always back in the day when we helped companies with CRM, we really tried to focus on what's in it for the rep, what can help make their life better, but it was work to make that happen, you know, because it wasn't a natural feature. No, no, it's not. 
as you said, it's really there for management, not there for the rep. And it seems like in many cases, it's trying to sort of, at least in the earlier generation CRM systems, is more of like trying to force something to fit a function that really wasn't designed for. Exactly. I'll never forget. I was talking with the sales. When we started up Spiro about a year ago, uh, you know, we interviewed about 100 different salespeople, kind of what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, how, how we should go forward. And one of them said to me, you know, I don't think there's anything more soul sucking than CRM systems. And I was like, wow, that's so strong. What do you mean by that? And, and the sales guy said to me, listen, I love calling and getting a prospect on the phone and having an invigorating conversation and really moving the needle on, on some deal. And it's, I'm so pumped up. The next thing I want to do is go right ahead and make the next call because I'm in that zone, you know, but what do I have to do? I have to go log the information in salesforce.com. Otherwise my manager is going to give me a hard time at the end of the day. Ah, it just kills momentum, you know? Yeah. And so, so that's, that's the sort of feedback that we've been hearing a lot of. All right, so Spiro, now you're promising to transform the life of salespeople. How, how are you going to do that? So you, let me just step you back to, to the gestation of the product, if you will. Sure. I, was, uh, I saw a movie called Her, which yes. uh, starred uh, Joaquin Phoenix and the voice of Scarlett Johansson. Right. And in, in the movie, in a two-second synopsis, he downloads uh, a new operating system. It's played by Scarlett Johansson. It helps him do everything he needs to do in his life. He falls in love with it. it whatever, whatever. The rest of the plot doesn't matter. And I was there in the movie theater thinking, my God, salespeople don't need CRM. This is what they need. They need Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> exactly. They need Scarlett Johansson. So we said, okay. What could we do to create a, a Scarlett Johansson for salespeople that looked at all of their information in CRM, which they're forced to put in, their email and calendar, and without ever having to do anything else, serve up advice and recommendations to salespeople to help them take the right action at the right time to make the most money? And then while we're at it, eliminate all of that CRM data entry and all the other bullshit that kind of goes along with dealing with CRM. So that's, that's kind of the vision uh, of the product. And it's, it's all about keeping that momentum going forward so that you're able to you know, really engage with people and be focused on the situation that you're in, the person that you're talking to, and not having to worry about all of those other things like, who should I be calling next? When do I have to, you know, leave for my next appointment? What about, you know, the close dates on my opportunities that need to be updated? Like, like just really be in the moment with the prospect or customer. All right. So there's a lot there to sort of break down. So let's start with, uh, gosh, getting information into Salesforce. So how, how does Spiro sort of transform that, as you said, that soul-sucking part of, of using CRM? How does Spiro transform that? Well, it's a, it's a real breakthrough because what, what, what Spirit is, it serves up a, a recommendation to you. It says, okay, uh, you need to call Andy. You've been working on this deal. You know, this is a good time to reach out to him. Go ahead and do it. And you're like, okay, great idea. Boom, with one touch of the iPhone or click on the Chrome extension, you're, you're calling Andy and you're having a conversation. And the trick is, since we know that you're calling Andy, Spiro can just automatically log that into Salesforce. And what we do is we... We pop up a button that says, actually, was the call good or bad? Touch, you know, when are you going to follow up with them next? Touch and bang, it goes right into salesforce.com. And, um, you know, and I, I need to tell you another part about it, because not only does it update salesforce.com, but then it shows you a motivational picture at the same time. 
Because we really want you to be going into that next call or next action that you're taking with the right mindset. So at the end of a call, it, it gives you some sort of motivational message. Exactly, exactly. So we're pulling in uh, pictures from the Instagram feeds of Victoria's Secrets, ESPN Magazine, uh, Food and Wine, Travel and Leisure, a bunch of different sources. So if you're really into cars, you know, you, maybe you'll see a picture of a Ferrari. You know, if you're really into, I don't know, you know, a woman wearing a lingerie, that's what you'll see or whatever. And that, you know, just a little bit of a reward from the app to help, you know, push you along during your day. <laughs> so now Spiro just works purely on on a handheld or a mobile device or is it desktop based as well so we we've launched uh, a fully available product uh on the iphone we're coming out with an android version in a couple of months and we also are in beta with a chrome extension so you know for for sales with the feedback that we got from sales folks is that they really needed a tool while they're out in the field which is why we developed the iphone version the, uh, we got a lot of feedback from users that they love the user interface because the fonts are uh, very readable just in case you're doing that while you're in your car. Not that we would ever encourage you to drive and use the app, Andy, but just no. in case you do, it, the fonts are nice and big so you can you know, deal with it easily. And then the Chrome extension, of course, lives in your browser and is a constant companion when you're either sitting at your desk or you know working on your laptop out in the field. Interesting. So it seems like Spiro made to some degree, if we think about it, so here's this app on the phone, it's scanning your email, your calendar, salesforce.com, and saying, look, gosh, Andy, here are the things you should, we think we recommend that you should be doing, because it's been two weeks since you talked to this particular prospect. Um, it's almost like, a, I don't know, a non-judgmental coach in your hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, just to give you some context, the, the app is on the phone, but we've built this whole big data predictive analytics backend, which is doing all of the heavy lifting. And, and what you see on your phone is just a very simple recommendation in, a, in an easy, uh, quick to understand kind of manner. And mm -hmm. I, I know you mentioned coach, and it, it's really interesting because one of the things that the app does is it has the persona of a coach. And so when you when you first install Spiro, you select the persona that you want Spiro, your assistant, to be working in. There's no Scarlett Johansson one. She, you know, she had a baby. She's been very busy. But we do have a, a coach persona. We have an R-rated persona, Jewish mother, Fabio, uh, one we call Gossip Girl, which is imagine if one of the Kardashians was giving you advice. I mean, we, we're, we're giving you the advice, just the way that the it might be articulated from that, as well as one for, for boring people, if, if that's what they want. We do have a boring version as So what well. you're saying is that sales doesn't have to be boring, doesn't have to be routine. It can be fun. It's okay to be fun. It, it, I think salespeople are the most fun people I know, right? And so why do we have to live with these boring, soul-sucking corporate apps? Let's have one that tells us some jokes and shows us some fun pictures at the same time. I mean, what the hell? We're just <laughs> building this for ourselves here, so might as well. Right. So... All right, so I like that approach. So you talk about it in online as looking at your website that yeah, you know, this can help you increase your win rate. So and you know certain things influence your sales process. So let's let's talk about that first. So how how's that going to help you increase the win rate? So we beta tested Spiro with 200 companies uh, before we launched it, and we did an analysis of uh, the number of deals that the salespeople using Spiro won before they were using the app and after. And what we noticed was, on average, uh, salespeople were winning 11% more deals after using Spiro. And we went back and we interviewed the salespeople, and we said, okay, well, 
why do you think that is? Why do you think that this really increased? And it, it was a couple of factors. One was they were able to spend um, their time on the right activities. One of the trouble that, that um, I always had as a sales rep is, you know, we, we've got our top deal and we're really focused on that top deal. And then we, we do make a call, we have a, a meeting or whatever. And then for me, it was always like, okay, what's the next one I should focus on? And since Spiro is providing proactive recommendation and we're using some really smart technology to figure out what the best deals are, we're recommending action on the right deals. And so instead of calling on the customer you've known for 10 years who might have a $50,000 deal, Spiro's like, hey, what about this $200,000 deal that's a little bit more difficult, but the characteristics of it look really good to us. So let's go work on that one next. And so what are and those so characteristics sim- that you're evaluating to help make that decision? So the, the engine, as we call it, the back end, is looking at the size of the deal, the duration, you know, how long you've been working with the, the company, the duration of the opportunity. Uh, we do uh, a scoring based upon the level of the contact at the organization. So if you're dealing with a more senior person, it's higher weighted. So there's a, a lot of factors uh, that go into that algorithm if you will, mm-hmm. that causes Spirit to force rank all of the different deals that you're working on and serve up the recommendations in that order. By the way, you know we, uh, we ask all of our users once they complete an action to rate how accurate the advice is that we're giving them out of a one to five scale. It's just like Uber. You kind of click the number of stars. Right. And our recommendations right now are at 4.6 out of five. So we, we've been getting great feedback that the recommendations we've been giving people are really good and that they're, uh, you know, very accurate at the same time. So, so I, I think a lot of the increase in sales can be attributed to making sure that the, the team is focused on the right deals uh, instead of the ones that you might seem like the right deals, if, if you will. Yeah, well, things are interesting about it, though, is that there's really no management interface into Spiro, though, right? So, I mean, Spiro is... Exactly. Right. So, um, I find this sort of interesting. Yeah, how how is management interacting with somebody that's using Spiro, right? If you've sort of got you've got your personal coach and assistant in your hand, how's the manager get involved with using Spiro to help coach the salesperson? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting point. So we, um, you know, I'm not going to say what company, but one of the largest payroll companies is a very avid user of Spiro. And uh, a couple of the guys found the beta just through Twitter or something. I don't know, actually know how. And now, you know, we've got like 25 sales reps at this organization using Spiro. We've never, ever spoken to anybody at management there. I don't even know if they know that the team is using Spiro. It's, it's very interesting. I mean, but w- what they can see, Andy, is that they can see, you know, activity that's being created by the app. So it wouldn't surprise me if someplace at this company, there's somebody saying, huh, this group of sales reps is really entering a lot of data in Salesforce.com. <laughs> they're doing a great job. Yeah, that, that's that's the metric they find out they're doing a good job. Yeah, not, exactly. Not so, what their sales know, not what their sales are, but the volume of information being input into Salesforce. Exactly. Exactly. So you know we're going to um, you know the, right now Spiro is free, and uh, you know we're we the the model the business model that we're pursuing is to get wide distribution for Spiro and really help a lot of sales guys in the field. And then we're going to be coming out with a, what we call a team edition product next year in, in 2016 that's really going to help people collaborate with each other, including their managers. 
but it's still going to be very focused on on the sales rep. It's not going to be a reporting tool or a dashboard or anything like that. It's all going to be about how can you take action as a salesperson to close deals. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. Now, before we do, I've got a hypothetical scenario to pose for you. I ask all my guests this question. So you are in this hypothetical scenario. You're a new sales manager, sales leader, hired into a company whose sales desperately need to be turned around. They've stalled out. Senior management's really anxious for a change. So what two things would you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? So think about that, and we'll get your answer. We'll come back after the break. Stay with us after the break. Continue talking with Adam Honig, CEO of Spiro Technologies, talking about their product app that promises to breathe dramatic improvements into the lives of salespeople. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? You're going to text us, send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there. Okay, welcome back to the show. My guest today, Adam Honig, CEO of Spiro Technologies. Check them out at SpiroHQ.com. So before we get back to talking about Spiro, which is a really interesting product introduction, I'm fortunate to be able to see it uh, just a couple weeks ago when you first launched it. Let's have your answer to the uh, hypothetical scenario I posed for you. New sales manager coming into a company, sales need to be turned around. What two things you do the first week have the biggest impact? Well, for me, you know, there's there's two main areas that you need to focus on as a, a new sales leader under any circumstance, but especially when things need to be turned around. One is the team and the other is the customers. And in my experience, there's often a mismatch between the team and what the company needs or the type of prospect that the company is going after and who they should really be selling to. So it sounds very vanilla, but I really believe that the, the new sales leader needs to spend time with the field team, making sure that he really under or she really need, understands the skill and the focus of the team, and then with the prospects. Uh, because something, if, if a turnaround is needed and it's not working, it's either we're not targeting the right people or we don't have the right team to be going after the right targets. And I would be spending a lot of time in sales calls, in meetings with prospects to try to figure out where the, the gaps were in that area. 
right, and that would that would be right after I got everybody using Spiro. <laughs> right after so. I got everybody using Spiro, because that's <laughs> that is the bottom line, right? So exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, let's go back to a, a point you'd raised before, and we didn't really get back to address it specifically. But so right now, is is your thought that you're going to do sort of this guerrilla marketing approach that we're going to try to get sort of viral adoption of Spiro at the sales rep level? Sales reps are going to be paying for the product. You said it's free, I guess now, but sales reps are going to be the ones that bring it into the organization and you hope to have uh, adoption move upward. So we, uh, I mean, we're, we're looking, the, the business model that we're going to have is it's, it's free for salespeople, you know, for what we call the personal edition, which is out there today, which gives you all the great recommendations, really funny with the different personas and all of that. And then the team edition uh, is going to be something that's going to be a, a, a product that we're going to charge for. What I'm envisioning is that it'll actually be bought by sales managers for their teams, uh, you know, probably teams that are seeing really good benefit from the personal edition, but want to do customization to it or have some advanced features that we're going to be coming out with. So that's that's more of the business model that I'm seeing. But we're the plan is to always have the free version uh, and make sure that you know we get as many sales folks using it as possible. And can it be used independently of Salesforce.com? Not today. Uh, we are planning on supporting other uh, CRM platforms like Microsoft Dynamics CRM or Sugar CRM in the future. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the idea behind the, the sales assistant is it needs to gather information from the salesperson so it can be really smart. And so if there wasn't sort of a base of CRM data out there, uh, it would be uh, very challenging to, to do that. We'd, we'd really be asking a lot of the salesperson. And, and since the salespeople... Let, let me retract that. So let me let me go back to the the Salesforce like question for a second because a lot of sales reps when they first hear about Spiro say, "Oh, I can't use this. I don't put any data in Salesforce." And I'm like, "But there's such minimal information that you need in there to begin with <laughs> that Spiro just keys on." So so for example, we we're all about making sales reps money, which means closing deals, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for opportunity information, really like very minimal stuff. Like, does the opportunity have a name? Is there a amount or a value that you're trying to sell? And what's the close date? You know, even given that amount of information, we can triangulate against your calendar and your email and your phone to say, oh, okay, here's what you should be doing. Because we know that salespeople don't put a lot of data into CRM, but we just need that basic bits of information. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. So it seems like the, really the target for Spiro is not necessarily the the superstar salesperson, but it seems like it's more sort of the great middle. Sure. I mean, you know, we, uh, it, you know, we were just looking at the data today and uh, we have sales reps who are booking, you know, 12 to $15 million a year using Spiro. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, those are some pretty big numbers. I right. don't think that that, I, I think it's maybe 10 times the typical amount for a sales rep. Uh, and we're still seeing with those sales reps who are selling that those kind of deals, big improvements, you know, in their ability to close additional business. So uh, I haven't seen it helping the, the top superstars any less than everybody else on the team. Well, what do you think the top superstars are getting out of it? Because it's it's I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it. It's, it's like, you know, the behaviors the top guys have is, you know, they're on top of deals. They they understand how to prioritize. They do a better job of qualifying. They know where they should be allocating and investing their time. Is this like a, you know, Spiro helps sort of fine-tune that process for them? 
so so I've got a, a buddy who uh, who works at a company I, I used to run, and you know he's making like seven hundred thousand dollars this year, and he was one of the first adopters of Spiro, and he's just he's cranking getting stuff done, right? Mm-hmm. But you know he like many sales guys is just not satisfied with that. You know, if he could make another hundred thousand dollars, he's all about it. Right. And so what Spiro does is it helps him reach deeper into his pipeline. So instead of, you know, maybe he's got 30 opportunities in his pipeline and he would be naturally talking to 15 using Spiro because we're constantly serving up those recommendations of what he should be doing next. He's like, Oh yeah, I can get to 17 or 18 of those deals instead. And, you know, even though it's it's not completely true that sales is a numbers game, you know, you're not going to close those other two deals if you're not working on them, you know? <laughs> That's a given, right? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a mathematical so, certainty. Well, and there's few things like that in the world, <laughs> right, unfortunately. Right. But yes, but it's true. So if, you know, if it, that can help him reach that. That's what it's all about. And since he's already been doing so well, he's kind of really in the bonus money on his comp plan anyway. So he's kind of extra motivated to do that. So it's it's a combination of factors. Is there a danger, though, that, that um, you know, I see this with certain apps in my own personal use and talking to other people that, that send out reminders that people sort of just start absorbing the reminders without really processing what they're, what they're saying, right? Or they turn them off at some point. I mean, is yeah, there, is I mean, there a so- danger of that? Sure, absolutely. I mean, we try to be very judicious in terms of what we actually send out a notification on like the lock screen of your iPhone, for example. But um, the feedback that we've mostly received from salespeople is that they actually want more, not less. The other thing I should just mention about the the reminders and notifications is they're all done in the persona that you selected for the app. So the Jewish mother persona will say, hey, Andy, you know, go ahead and don't call Adam. See if I care or something like that. (laughs) And uh, we've got a comedy writer on the team who used to work at Comedy Central, and she's written 2,500 of these different notifications in the app. So it's it's not like a, a boring app that's just every time it's like, hey, call Mike. Hey, call John. Hey, call Sally or something like that. Every time it's a little bit different. It's a little bit funny, you know, and, and you can switch up the personalities. If, you know, if the R-rated persona is a, gets a little bit obnoxious for you, you can switch it over to coach, which is a little bit more motivational or, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of different variants in it, which I think is kind of the key to, uh, to getting people to stick with the notifications, you know? Yeah. And I think having seen the product, I mean, it's very unique user interface and very fun. And uh, I think, I said, again, there's nothing wrong with fun. And it's, why not integrate some fun into your life, especially if it helps you make more productive. So I, something I think people really should check out. Um, so let's move into the last segment of the show. All right, ask some rapid-fire questions. You can give me one-word answers, or you can elaborate as much as you want. Are you ready? Sure. So what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? I love what I call the negative close, which is saying to a prospect, you know, I'm not sure this is really right for you. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. <laughs> and how'd you just, how'd you start using that? I mean, it's interesting. I, I know I learned it from my mentor in, in sales back uh, a long time ago. I think it was just somebody I got really fed up with that I was trying to sell this, uh, you know, middleware software that I was in, in that business for a while. And, you know, like selling to technical people, often they take a really long time to evaluate and make a decision. And I was just like, you know what? I don't think we've got the right solution for you. And the guy was like, no, 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 convincing me as to why it was oh, yeah. the best product. And I was like, wow, that might really work. And so I always, you know, 
no matter what I'm doing, you know, we're raising money for the business or, you know, working on personal stuff. I'm always like, you know what, let's just uh, take a step back here and maybe I should come back to you in a couple of months. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I remember the first time I, I said this mentor that, that I learned this from used it where it was going out and closing a big deal where moved from the, or not moved, but flown from the Bay area, <clears throat> excuse me, San Francisco area to Chicago for this meeting, <laughs> a conference room with the customer, all the senior management. And it was, one of the first really big deals I was going to be closing at this company. And yeah, things just sort of stalled out a little bit in the meeting. And, and he stood up and said that and then walked to the door. <laughs> and I'm like crestfallen, right? <laughs> because I had this huge million dollar plus deal that I saw evaporating. But yeah, he didn't get too far before they called him back and said, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's put this to bed. Totally. I mean, you have to have the right moment for it, of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, don't try this in every sales call, please. No, don't you know. try in every sales call, and, and especially warn somebody before you're going to do it. I almost had a heart attack. Um, so what's the one tool you use today for sales management that you can't live without? Well, my, my sales management needs are rather low right at this minute, but for managing my own stuff, uh, you know, I'm very, very much a fan of Yesware. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kind of keeping track of emails and who's opening them and scheduling ones for the future and working with templates, it, it really can't be beat in my view. Yeah, I use it. I think it's a great product. So who's your sales role model? Wow. Sales role model, huh? Um, well, I worked uh, early in my career uh, with a MIT professor who is an amazing salesperson called John Donovan. And John was an electrical engineering professor originally, but he went on to found a, a couple of different companies. And he was just uh, an amazing salesperson at the same time. And he really had something down that I, I think of as the authority principle. You know, he was used to be an MIT professor. And so mm -hmm. he always came across like an MIT professor, always talked about MIT. We'd always take prospects to like the MIT faculty club for lunch and just really getting that like, oh, I'm really an expert in whatever the hell the thing is I'm trying to sell you <laughs> at the moment. And clearly people thought he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he okay. started many, many successful businesses that Excellent. way. Excellent. All right. What's the one book every salesperson should read, whether it's sales book or otherwise? Well, from a sales book perspective, I really like the Challenger Sale, and uh, you know, I really think that linking up, you know, the business objectives of a business and really trying to hone in on that thing that's going to make, you know, your deal the most powerful uh, situation for your prospect that that can't be beat. So I, I really like that. Um, I wish I could say that I've been reading more fiction recently and other more artistic things, but it hasn't uh, really been so much the case for me. Got it. So what's your favorite music to listen to to uh, get yourself pumped up? Well, I've got a, a special Spotify playlist of like, you know, kind of 150 beat per minute kind of sounds, uh, mostly kind of post-punk, new wave kind of stuff that, you know, before a, a sales call, I'll definitely put that on and get really fired up and try to really be in a, a great frame of mind before engaging with a customer or prospect. And I can get you a link to that, Andy, if you'd like. Yeah, to that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to. So what's the first sales activity you do every day? I probably check, uh, you know, check my email, you know, see, we, we actually have quite a bit of users in Europe at this point, as well as in the U.S., mm -hmm. and see what their feedback is, see what the metrics are about people, you know, downloading the app and what their ratings are on the App Store, which have been all five out of five, by the way, uh, so far. So, you know, that's really for me, you know, in, in Spiro, in, in kind of selling, if you will, a free product. You know, it's a lot of these more marketing kind of activities at the moment. Got it. Perfect. All right. So, well, last question. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? 
I think the most question, the most common question that I personally get asked is, how do I get into X, Y, or Z account? And that, you know, I've been selling, especially in New England, for a long time at this point. And so people are like, oh, Staples, who do you know there? Or, you know, International Data Corp or Genzyme or these kind of accounts that, you know, have been in in the Boston area for a while. And what's your your answer? uh, I say, let's use LinkedIn. Let's go sit down and figure it out because there's always a way. You know, this is sort of, I know this is sort of, you know, what a, a lot of folks think, but there's always, in today's age, there's no excuse for not having a connection at some company that you're trying to get into. You can always find it. Got it. Well, great. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. My guest has been Adam Honig, CEO of Spiro Technologies. Adam, how can people find out more about your new product? Well, they can visit uh, SpiroHQ.com uh, or look us up on the App Store just by Spiro. Got it. Okay. And also, you have an interesting hobby. I was reading about you're really into drone photography. It's true. I, uh, I've i been flying a, a drone, specifically a DJI Phantom uh, series drone, for a couple of years now. It's been it's been great. After I sold my last company, I, I traveled around with the drone. I, I flew it over the uh, Roman Coliseum. You know, I, I parked one in the San Francisco Bay by mistake once. And it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an amazing hobby. And, and for all of those privacy-concerned people out there, you know, there's no – you really cannot see in windows with it. Even if I wanted to, Andy, there's no way – the light and the reflection and everything like that doesn't work well, but it does take some amazing um, aerial shots that I can also uh, shoot you out a link to that I've got on Flickr and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's funny. I've been somebody was uh, flying one in the in the parking lot across the street from my building, and it's like you're just not accustomed to seeing something in the air, right? You just wasn't sure what it was, and it's like, oh yeah, that's a drone. Yeah, it's really yeah. sort of interesting. I mean, they're really popular, but I have never seen anybody else flying one besides me. So, you know, go, go figure. I know one sales guy I actually been talking to, so excited he bought, uh, bought a drone recently, and he hasn't taken it out yet. And I'm like, no, no, you got to do it. You got to do it. But it's, it's a little nerve-wracking, actually. Yeah, yeah I can imagine, especially if you're going to dump it in San Francisco Bay with a camera on it or something. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't, it, don't remind me, right? Yeah, yeah, it sinks <laughs> like a stone, I'll tell you. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> GoPros don't float. All right, so... Well, I want to thank you for joining me. And remember, people, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. Subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Adam Honig, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.